welcome to Best Fit Careers with your host Saurabh Nanda, your podcast for all the information that you need to solve your career and education queries. Everywhere you look for guidance or help related to careers, there is an assumption made about your decision making. The assumption is that you know what you're looking for. You want to study law, here are the steps. Management, this is step one, this is step two, and so on. Engineering, design, sustainability, job search, veterinary sciences, the story is the same. Everyone assumes that you know what you're looking for. Everyone thinks that just some random information on the internet or a story that one of your friends told you about someone else's career pathway is also going to work for you. And then there are successful people from different domains who will tell you to be open, to keep experimenting, to keep upskilling and so on. But their assumption is still the same, that you know in which direction to move forward. That you know which experiments are going to be beneficial and cost effective for you in the long run. When you dig deeper into such advice, you will see that the intentions behind such advice is always positive. But there is a general sense which tells you that careers are mostly happenstance, serendipity. Or putting it more simply, careers are just plain accidents. Are they? Really? Do you really think that careers are just plain accidents? Careers are just a function of chance, probability. A chance where your personality, your aptitude, interests, personal factors and aspirations are nurtured by the right opportunity under the guidance of the perfect mentor. Does that really happen? In today's episode, I am going to discuss a step which you need to take before we make any career and higher education decision. The step zero. A few years ago, in my previous venture, the Happy Career Project, my business partner and I, we were working with another educator in the US. Now, this educator was connected highly in various departments of education, in various states, and also in the federal government. We were also targeting to apply for some career consulting modules and career counseling uh, assistance modules at various high school systems, uh, particularly in the Dallas high school uh, program or high school system, which is one of the biggest in the US. What we realized was that even in the US where high schools, all of them have counselors who help students not only with uh, behavioral issues and also act as a guide uh, for them for um, their life and how to take things forward. These counselors also help them with career consulting, uh, targeting the right programs, finding the right colleges and so on. But even there, we saw that these counselors needed a lot of help because they were overburdened with work. They had to manage um, detailed records for all the students there are in various uh, grades, uh, not only high school, but also middle school. And because there was lack of funding in these school systems, the counselors were mostly burnt out which means that they were not able to use a lot of psychometric assessments, they were not able to use a lot of inventories uh, in order to help their students better. 
So we decided, okay, let's create a service for such counselors, wherein they can use the inventory online, wherein the students will be able to assess themselves and then seek guidance in a much more informed manner. Now, this project, we worked on this project for quite some time, uh, but unfortunately, due to various reasons, we were not able to really get a lot of traction in it. But what we did discover was that the university system or the higher education system in the US still does not focus a lot on their career development programs. Yes, sure, a lot of big universities, big private universities do have career development centers or career development cells, uh, especially for their flagship programs like an MBA or, uh, you know, after law school or something like that. But most of the higher education, education systems do not have good quality career development cells. And there were a bunch of startups which are helping universities and colleges across the US to connect students studying in their universities to internship opportunities across the country and even beyond. But even these startups are not focusing on that one crucial step. Is the internship valuable or appropriate for the applicant or not? Are the students who are applying for such internships are aware whether they will really fit into the internship that they're applying for? We also found out that a lot of students would just simply apply to big brands like Salesforce, Apple, Google, if available, Tesla maybe, just so that they could get a job in that company. It was not a matter of whether you want to work in that company or there's a particular job profile that you're interested in. It was just getting the brand. So even these startups, which are funded, by the way, having millions of dollars in uh, funding, they did not have a very sound initial step where you can assess the candidate and then match that candidate with their right internship opportunity. And when I say assess the candidate, I want that the candidate be assessed on various factors, not just personality, not just work experience and education background, just because somebody's an engineer is supposed to be uh, going for an engineering internship. No, not really. There has to be a much deeper assessment. They were missing out on the zeroth step. They were starting from step one, but there was a step missing before that. And that is what led us to create an entire framework around that, that let us be the zeroth step before you match any candidate with the prospective internship or career opportunity. Now, where does this zeroth step philosophy come from? Where back in 2012, I decided one fine day in, in the beautiful <laughs> weather in July in Noida, you know, it was 42 degrees outside and highly humid. I just decided that I cannot take it anymore. I have to quit my IT job. There was nothing wrong with the job, nothing wrong with my manager, nothing wrong with the company. I was not even bad at my job. I was doing fine. But I decided it is not making me happy. So I quit. And I quit to join a startup based out of Gurgaon, which was working towards helping high school students make better career decisions using psychometric assessments. In fact, their psychometric assessment was a very comprehensive psychometric assessment, reliable and valid for Indian audiences. 
It was designed by Dr. Itishri Mishra, who is one of the preeminent psychometricians in India. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I did a podcast with Dr. Itishri Mishra talking about psychometrics and its applications in India. And she's the one that uh, encouraged me <laughs> to go for master's in clinical psychology. And if, it, uh, if not for her, I would probably not have pursued uh, my clinical psychology master's and worked with other amazing people that I met during that journey. Coming back to the point, when I worked for that startup, Dr. Itrishri Mishra introduced me to something called the API model. Now, if you are a software engineer or a product manager in a tech company, you understand APIs or something else, application programming interface, or that plugin with the help of which you connect with another website, right? This is not that API. API stands for aptitude, personality, and interest. An aptitude, personality, interest model for assessing which is the most suited career path for you. And when I talk about aptitude, it is the natural aptitude that you were born with, that you inherited from your parents. This particular model was actually devised, researched by Professor Vimala Veeraraghavan, who has headed the psychology departments at Delhi University, Jawaharlal Nehru University, and uh, Indira Gandhi National Open University. And under her able guidance, Dr. Itrishi Mishra has was able to create multiple psychometric assessments uh, in the last 15 odd years. And we use the API model in that startup to assess students for their best fit careers. Because if you do not know that if the student has the aptitude, the natural talent for becoming an engineer, which can be mechanical aptitude that you can literally talk to machines, you can, you're curious enough to understand how a machine works, or if you uh, have enough abstract aptitude or how I like to call it the logical aptitude, wherein you are able to understand and connect the dots. You're able to understand how things work, how uh, things connect with each other, uh, what is the cause and effect relationship between different things. What is the point of becoming an engineer if you don't have these aptitudes? What is the point of becoming an artist if you do not have visual aptitude, if you do not have spatial aptitude? And if you have really good linguistic aptitude, why are you not working in linguistics? So these are some of the questions that were answered by an aptitude assessment. But personality assessment is equally important because personality determines what areas will be more suitable for you. Personality also determines the fact that what your interest areas, what your natural aptitudes have been nurtured and have developed into. Now, what I want you to understand for personality is, personality is the natural manifestation of your interest areas. If you're somebody who's just naturally inclined to read more books, that will be manifested in your personality. That will be shown. People will see that you're interested in books and that you are a person who will like to work in such ecosystems and environments. And finally, obviously, we also need subjective feedback from the students themselves as to what areas are of their interest. Because if you do not cultivate their interest areas right now, they might not be able to perform very well because the motivation suffers. Confused about your next career decision? Get yourself assessed from SN Mentors. At SN Mentoring, we assess all the aspects of your profile 
including your personality, aptitude, interests, education and work experience background. We use our unique personal factor assessment to help you find your best fit career pathway. This assessment will answer all your queries and provide you a clear pathway ahead. At SN Mentoring, all our clients become our friends for life. So join our community. And is API enough? Are just assessing aptitude, personality and interest enough? Well, not exactly. You also need to understand that psychometric assessments are as good as their interpretations. For example, if somebody has taken a psychometric assessment and the report is generated, usually the reports are made in such a way that you can understand what is going on and what the results are. But until and unless an experienced professional, a psychometrician, somebody who has been working with psychometric assessments for long, interprets it for you, it is usually not going to help you. Consider psychometric assessments like a blood test. The blood test comes to you, you can understand a little bit of it, but till the time a doctor looks at it, the doctor will, you will not be able to understand whether there is something wrong in your blood report or not. It's the same with psychometric assessments. But psychometric assessments alone do not help you out. That is why we do something called a personal factor assessment and you all can do that yourself as well. Personal factors include things like your family, are you dependent on your family? Is the family dependent on you? Is it necessary that you live with your family? Is it necessary uh, that you live away from your family? What are those reasons? Similarly, do you want to live in an urban setting, a rural setting? What kind of a city do you prefer? Do you prefer which, which part of the country do you prefer? Which part of the world do you prefer? What are your financial burdens? Like how many loans or how much debt are you in? Are you free of debt? Do you have to invest some money somewhere else? Are you looking at options and work in India, abroad? What kind of uh, opportunity? How much time do you want to spend in either of the geographies and so on? Do you want to work for the government? Do you want to work for a private company? What are your secondary revenue streams? Are you generating enough money separately from your main job or not? Are you involved in certain side hustles or would you like to get involved in certain side hustles? What are your plans? How are you going to do it? Are you currently looking for a sabbatical, a small break from your current career growth pathway? From your current career growth pathway? Or are you satisfied with how it's going? All these small little aspects coming together, they form your personal factors. Now, after this assessment of API and personal factor mapping, we also need to understand that there are certain skills that you will need in order to survive the 21st century or all the different things involved within it. We all understand the kind of times that we're living in. They're tremendous. They are terrible. They are opportunities for some, but mostly they are devastating for a lot of people. These times can be very aptly described as VUCA or I would or how I would like to uh, talk about it VUCA on steroids. I've talked about VUCA in, on various forums, uh, VUCA in career decision making uh, on various forums like um, uh, forums in Japan, uh, forums like the uh, Institute of Risk Management and so on. VUCA, V-U-C-A means volatile, 
uncertain, complex, and ambiguous situations. This particular term was coined by the US military in the 80s when they wanted to describe battlefields where you had no support of any kind. And soon after, the term was being used in corporate circles, in corporate learning and development programs. It is now used in education institutions. And today's world is VUCA on steroids. So the only solution for VUCA is agility, flexibility. Are you agile enough? Are you flexible enough to look at what options will work for you to be able to absorb new information and reshape, reinvent yourself. In fact, a lot of uh, people talk about, uh, you know, new professionals being super agile, super flexible, shape shifters, uh, reinvention machines, and so on. No matter what term you use, ultimately what it means is you will have to learn new skills. You will have to revisit your existing skills. You will have to upgrade them you will have to enhance them, you will have to get new certifications done, you will have to learn how to fit in a new working environment. Because, let me tell you, the half-life of technology is two and a half years. Well, two, two and a half years, there's still a debate going on that. That means if you're, let's say, working on Python uh, programming right now, Python might not be the most popular programming language in the next two to three years. Every four to five years, technology changes and you will have to change alongside. Otherwise, you will keep on continuing to work in legacy systems, which will lead to a stunted growth, which will not give you the kind of packages or money that you're looking for because more money is given to people with newer skills. The future of jobs, and I've again talked about this on various forums, the future of jobs is primarily divided into three areas. The first area is when you go digital. That means you transform your entire career pathway into a digital pathway. You learn digital skills, you are reinventing yourself or creating business processes which are highly dependent on the digital space using technology and so on. The second pathway is going human. So it is not really analog because analog might be considered the opposite of digital, but no, it is going human. In the future, we can already see that most of the manual work will be done by machines. A lot of the work that we consider, uh, you know, today as something that only humans will do. No, the, this work will be done by machines, whether it is in agriculture, whether it is in healthcare and so on. But there are certain uh, pieces of work, there are certain job profiles which machines cannot do or work in. These profiles are profiles where humans are involved, where you need to solve problems of a human being, whether it is counseling, whether it is uh, wellness, whether it is taking care of somebody else, whether it is education, whether uh, it is training, uh, whether it is uh, life coaching, the list is endless. Those kind of jobs, they require a lot of experience and personal assessment of the human being and that is why so far only humans are able to or are capable enough to do those uh, pieces of work. So are you developing yourself in that area? If you are, then your future is bright because you will have a lot of opportunities in that area as well. The third area of where the future of jobs exists is 
when you build a bridge between the digital and the human. There are a lot of businesses today which are helping traditional businesses getting digitized. Processes which are digitized both in government settings or uh, private corporations or even the social uh, work and NGO related uh, fields. The development sector, professionals who are able to do this digitization have a very bright future ahead of them. Let me take a small example and explain this to you. So I completed my master's in clinical psychology in 2015 and I was in an ecosystem which was probably uh, one of the most vibrant for psychology professionals. I was, uh, I did my internship at a department of psychiatry at a major, major hospital in New Delhi. After doing my internship over there, working with those professionals, I saw that there were not a lot of opportunities for mental health professionals in India at that time. And this is in 2015, this is just six years ago. But I also knew, I could see the gaps and I, could see that the people's behavior towards mental health was changing. Like we would get a lot of clients, a lot of patients from all economic strata. And I was working in the charitable wing of the hospital. So we would uh, be servicing people from every kind of background, which clearly told me that five years down the line, it is going to blow up. The entire mental health ecosystem in India is going to be really sought after. Now, obviously, I did not, uh, you know, <laughs> factor in the pandemic in it. But we have all seen, whether on Instagram, whether on WhatsApp, whether people just reaching out to each other, whether celebrities talking about mental health and cyberbullying like Sonakshi Sinha, everyone has started talking about mental health and there are a plethora of opportunities available for all mental health professionals today. Yes, it does take a little bit of work to get around and, you know, find your niche, but the world is accepting you. I was talking to a friend of mine in Japan. I was uh, consulting him as to what his future would be. Uh, this friend of mine did his, completed his engineering from the top, uh, a top 10 engineering school in the US, um, was, uh, you know, did an internship at, at a very big company in the US, but was not finding any kind of satisfaction over there. He was very passionate about education. He's very passionate about storytelling. He is passionate about people and solving their problems. But there was no space or place for him over there. He did uh, work in one of the Pacific uh, uh, Island countries, uh, taught students over there as part of a volunteer uh, program and so on. And during our conversation, I told him the job that you're looking for, which is managing young entrepreneurial people in fellowship like ecosystems doesn't completely exist today. Yes, there are a lot of fellowships and India is actually probably going to become, uh, you know, the fellowship capital of the world, but still that job doesn't exist. That doesn't mean you should not prepare for it. That job will be in demand in the next five years, you have to upskill yourself and you have to be in the right place at the right time so that you can take that opportunity and make it yours. You can be one of the pioneering professionals in that field and down the line, 10, 15 years later, you will be considered an expert in the field. So these are the some of the things that you need to understand when we talk about the future of jobs. Now, how do we develop those skills that I just talked about? you need to have multiple domain expertise. Create a personal brand on social media, develop your network and nurture it. 
spend some time every single day for networking don't think too much about domain and uh, you know areas uh, different people different backgrounds don't think about how is it going to add value to me just keep networking you never know who's going to help you in the future you need to start working on your cv you need to start making different cvs for different opportunities you need to understand how to project your work in the right way on your cv and then all this is going to help you to be in the right spot at the right time another way of doing this is uh, this is a lot to ask especially our education systems do not really give you that knowledge and education to act to actually be able to do these things develop a multiple domain expertise simultaneously so looking for a mentor really helps and i'm sure a lot of you have seen life coaches career coaches out there people trying to sell uh, their courses online self help books podcast and so on please take as much information as you need from them a lot of it is freely available just like this particular podcast and I, mind you please subscribe to it if you haven't already <laughs> a mentorship for your career life fitness peak performance spirituality developing a mental gym for yourself all these aspects are really important so that you become the better version of yourself is there a particular sequence of mentorship that you need to take what should i develop for fitness or uh, emotional intelligence what should i work on first there is no first there is no second there is no last these are all simultaneous processes and you need to do these by making like the famous book says atomic habits people have categorized and deconstructed all these mysterious mythical things into smaller bits for you to digest and implement in your daily lives please go ahead and start doing it today finally before we uh, conclude uh, today's content of the podcast i just want to tell you that you need to invest in a regular feedback circle whatever you're doing in life that is all good you know what to do you probably understand which direction to go into if not please get yourself assessed but if you have figured all that out whether the progress or whether the efforts that you're putting in are they really working for you or not that is an answer you will get from feedback feedback from people around you feedback from people who know you who observe you well who are invested in your growth so develop that feedback circle from your network from your family friends whatever it is you need to have that you know scott galloway the famous uh, professor from nyu he keeps talking about the fact get yourself certified all right choose the right geographical areas certified means like uh, he he takes a very you know, famous example i was listening to one of his podcasts and he said um if you are a scuba diving instructor you make sure that you get all the certifications from the entire world related to scuba diving so that people know that you are legit you are the real deal you are a professional through and through then when he talks about geographical areas he's saying please find a good metropolitan area where you can learn and absorb and assimilate information which otherwise is not available in smaller places well guess what the pandemic doesn't allow that does it and actually you don't need to move anywhere now everything is available online i'm not saying online works for everyone but 
if you are not online today and if you're not investing in your own growth, you're missing out. But then online has so many problems, so much chaos, so much information. Instagram is stupid. I understand and I relate to it. Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, they work on addiction. But then you can curate your own content feed. A lot of researchers, what they do is they, they're not on social media, but they have the same uh, traditional RSS feed when the internet was in its nascent stages. If you like content from a certain place, subscribe to it. Get that in your feed. Listen to it, read it, watch it on a frequent basis. If you want to know about what the world is doing, a World Economic Forum podcast, which is freely available, is quite good. But then it will not completely tell you the entire truth. So also uh, look for something else which gives you an entire truth. Maybe you can follow Russell Brand and his podcasts. Curate the right feed for you. Whether it's business, life, sports or anything else. And hack into the internet rather than letting it consume you with overwhelming content. Curate it, keep it simple and keep your eyes on the prize. Finally, we are into the interesting part of the podcast where I get to answer your questions, all the questions that you have asked me over email and in my various webinars. After giving out a lot of gyan, I'm ready to give out some more. All right. So the first question is from Bhavya from Bangalore. Uh, Bhavya asks, how to choose between different engineering streams? Ooh, Bhavya, you are reminding me of my time when I had to choose between different engineering streams, right? I did not even know that NIT Jalandhar existed in Jalandhar. So my counseling uh, happened at NIT Jalandhar. I went there with my father and, you know, there was this uh, room where we had to stand outside uh, of that room and there was uh, this professor sitting inside in, a, in the dark room with a bunch of screens in front of him. And he called me, come beta, come inside. It, like it was not at all welcoming <laughs> any which way I went inside and he told me according to your uh, merit uh, these are the different colleges available uh, for you which were all throughout India Ranchi, Trichy, Surat, Suratkal and all these places um, and these are the different uh, branches or streams of engineering available in all there were some 45 different uh, options available at that time. He asked me to please choose very quickly in the order of your preference so that we can continue the process because there was a line outside. That was the first time I realized I am living in India. How to choose an engineering stream? It's a complicated question, will always be a complicated question. What you need to understand is that if you're going for a computer science stream, let's say, then you need to be aware of the kind of work environment that you're going to be getting into. You will be sitting in a uh, cubicle, you will be working on a laptop all day long, uh, all week long, all year long. And if that is the kind of job profile that you're interested in, all engineering is extremely logical, but then they all have different job profiles. If you get into electrical, mechanical, industrial, um, chemical, civil, and electronics even so you might be placed in uh, you know manufacturing plants you might be placed in uh, big production facilities uh, spread throughout the country maybe abroad as well in remote areas in big urban areas it is going to be challenging engineers are mostly problem solvers if you want to solve a particular problem related to engineering then you need to be aware of what you like to do the most. One of my mentees from class 11 in Mumbai currently, he's designed 
a rover which will work on Mars. He fabricated the entire body. He uh, researched about what kind of wheels they should have, what uh, should be the treading on the wheels. He also, uh, under my guidance, was able to add solar panels to it. So there were wings, uh, uh, you know, around the rover. And then on top of the rover, uh, we also installed a small drone which can take off and land back on the rover itself. He's currently designing the rover for inaccessible places on Earth as well. He has used certain sensors like atmospheric sensors and uh, chemical composition sensors, um, basic ones on his rover as well. Now, if that is something that you are passionate about, then the kind of engineering stream that you're looking at is mechatronics, mechanical, electronics, and even computer science. So it is a deeper question. And unfortunately, that assessment of which engineering stream is more suitable for you will have to be a longer conversation, Bhavya, but great question. I hope this was able to help you out a little bit. Next question. Hiral from Jaipur asks, can I get into marketing after psychology? Oh, absolutely. But Hiral, I have a few questions for you. Have you finished your psychology bachelor's? Uh, are you in master's? Are you pursuing master's? Psychology is the science and the art of understanding people, deconstructing their thoughts and finding out how they make their decisions. And marketing is all about that as well. So after psychology, you can definitely get into marketing, advertising, because it is easier for you to interpret a lot of marketing research data as well. It is easier for you to relate behavior of people with the kind of responses that they give to certain focus group discussions, certain surveys, certain um, products which have been piloted or are being tested, you can easily get into marketing. There is a deep uh, understanding of that human psyche, which is required to be a good marketing professional. But you will have to work towards making a profile so that you can apply for a marketing related job in the industry. Soumya from Delhi asks, what is the latest trending career? Oh my God, I love this question. And this is a question which I uh, answered not so long ago in July on, on, an, on a video which is on Instagram right now. I did a bunch of uh, small interviews with Sage Advice. And uh, Sage Advice actually is uh, an organization which helps you with mental health. And uh, SN Mentoring is the official career consulting arm of Sage Advice, I would say, and uh, vice versa. So... The latest trending career. That question is so incorrect in so many ways. Even if a career is trending, it might or might not be suitable for you. But having said that, let me just talk about latest trending careers. Latest trending careers are all related to what is happening on social media. Elon Musk, SpaceX, Jeff Bezos, Virgin Atlantic, which is going Virgin Galactic, all these have inspired and fascinated a lot of young minds to get into space exploration, astrophysics, um, space technology, engineering, and so on. But you need to understand that space exploration is a field which involves every kind of career professional. 
they require planners, they require managers, they require engineers, they require biologists, they require chemists, they require psychologists, they require medical professionals, they require exobiologists and um, researchers who can work on extraterrestrial areas and so on. So if you want to get into astrophysics or space exploration, there is not one way, but there are multiple ways to get into that. Similarly, another trending career would be behavioral sciences. Uh, one of my students from Mumbai, uh, she loved the idea of economics and data. At the same time, she was very interested in psychology, in which gave us uh, the idea of you know pushing her into behavioral sciences, understanding how people's behavior actually affects the economy, affects their choices, and so on. So this as well is a very trending career. And I can go on and on. But what you need to understand, Soumya, is the fact that all careers are trending. Do you think mechanical engineers are not needed anymore? Do you think people who are working in Ayurveda are not needed anymore? Do you think uh, politicians are not needed anymore? They are needed. In fact, they are needed more so today than they were needed 10 years ago. So there is a career to be made in every field. Thank you for asking those questions. Remember the days when you had a pure thought about your future? It was something like this. I want to do that in my life. That was a very self-aware thought. And ironically, that thought might have been ignored because the real world came into your mind. Restrictions made by our schools, colleges, unavailability of opportunities, and the suffocating job profiles in different companies. All these become our real world. It is time to go back to that level of self-awareness and know it is not too late. Thank you for listening to the Best Fit Careers podcast. We would love to hear from you. So please provide your comments, feedback and questions to us through email or messages on our social media. Please subscribe to us and like our episodes if you found value in them and share them with others who may benefit from this information. Best Fit Careers has been designed to provide you the best information possible to solve your career queries. This podcast is the culmination of years of experience and thousands of hours of counseling, research and guidance sessions. Please find more amazing information at the SN Mentoring online publication. See you in the next episode. Happy careers to you.